the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. And welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, this is going to be a very, very insightful show on Come Together San Diego for this two-hour live broadcast. You know, my name is Cass Taylor, and our co-host for this hour is one of my new best friends, Patty McCord. She's a publisher. She works in healthcare industry as well, and she also likes to help people. You know, the scripture says in Second uh, Corinthians 3, it says that we are... God's epistles known and read of all men. And so what Patty likes to do is she helps helps you write your epistles so other people can know what God is doing to and through you. Patty McCord, thanks for joining us. So I want to say thank you, Patty, for joining us. Thanks, Kaz. Good oh, to be here. It's a pleasure. So we're going to talk a lot uh, about another person uh, with whom you have co-authored a book. His name is Ben Malcolmson, Malcolmson and the name of the book is called Walk on. But before we do, why don't we just get a little, you know, overview of you. Give, give us the elevator speech about uh, Patty McCord. And, and the, the deal is, let her rip. And, and you're not your guest. I told you that before. You're a co-host. So lay it on us, Patty McCord. Well, I think one of the things that's really cool is not about what I'm doing now is awesome. I work for Rolf Benerska, who yes. played for the Chargers for years that probably everyone knows and loves that's listening. But what's really neat is the way that I met Ben. I had read, I, I was out at a dinner with my husband, a business dinner, met a woman from Seattle I'd never met before, and she started telling me about this guy that she had just heard speak, and it was Ben. Yes. And as she laid out his story, I said, that is the most incredible story I've ever heard. I can't wait to read the book. Well, <laughs> and, and, and then all of a sudden, you're not only reading the book, you're helping him write the book. And you're, you know, some people call these people that do what you're doing a, a ghostwriter. I changed it to Holy Ghostwriter. We love that. that because you're, that's who you listen to to help you inscribe what's going on. Why, why don't you spend a moment or two telling a little bit about who, who this Ben Malcolmson is and the title of his book, and then we'll bring him in in this segment as soon as you finish giving, the, giving him the old drum roll, and then we'll bring him on. Well, hey, Ben, if you're listening, get ready for your song and dance. <laughs> Go ahead, Patty. So Ben is an incredibly special guy, and he's become dear to me over the past two and a half years. Works at the Seahawks for Pete Carroll. He's his assistant, so does everything from writing his speeches to hosting his guests and whatever he needs to do in between. Yes. But besides all that worldly success, Ben is the kindest, most humblest guy I've ever worked with, and it's just it was such a joy. Yes. I keep telling him that, you know, he got the book out of the deal, but I got him out of the deal. Oh, we so love that. I ended up on the best side of that. But we're getting the better side of that because we're not only getting the uh, the uh, the author and the ghostwriter author of the book as well, but we're actually getting to hear your temperaments behind the actual written words. So I think what we're going to do right now, Patty McCord, you always wanted to do this so that you didn't have to talk so much. I, you're pretty sly about that. 
<laughs> we want to introduce uh, Ben Malcolmson, and he's on the line from, I think, Seattle, Washington. Are you there, Ben? I'm here from Seattle. Good to talk uh, with you all. Okay, I, I went to University of Washington, and I looked up at the sky in Seattle many times. Tell me what the sky looks like there. Oh, you can probably guess. <laughs> it's <laughs> at least overcast, let's say. <laughs> yeah, it's overcast even in August, but it's one of those rare August days that's not sunny. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, Pat, you know, you've heard in, in the introduction that how highly uh, Patty McCord esteems you, and so you guys collaborated on this book, which is entitled Walk On. And Patty, because you're not a guest on the show, you're a co-host, why don't you begin uh, the interrogation? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ben, why don't you tell us how Walk On started? (laughs) Well, I got a call from a lady named Patty McCord in San Diego, (laughs) uh, almost three years ago now. And uh, as she was mentioning there, kind of introducing the story, she heard this incredible story that we'll get into as the uh, the hour goes on, but um, she heard this story and was so moved by it and just knew that she needed to contact me and just encourage me to write a book because there wasn't a book yet. And I get a, a voicemail on my work phone from Patty and um, obviously I'd never heard of her before in my life and we didn't even have really any mutual friends at the time and um, just crazy set of circumstances. So I ended up calling her back just to thank her for the encouragement and um, just for listening to the nudge on her heart to reach out to me because I had, I had known that I needed to write this into a book at some time, but I just didn't know how to start it or what that process actually looked like. And yes. she kind of mentions, uh, just kind of in passing, well, I've, I've ghostwritten two books before. So if you ever need any help in the process, just give me a call. I'd love to be a resource for you. I like it. And so I called her, yeah, I called her back uh, about a week later and said, I, I don't know where to start. I need your help here. I need your your wisdom. Well, you know, just give me some advice here on how to get this started. And we had a good conversation. And then several conversations later, she's like, well, why don't I, why don't I just take a crack at writing one chapter? I'll just, I'll, I'll help you uh, just kind of formulate your thoughts and put them together. And um, let's see if we can write one chapter and just see how it goes from there. No, <laughs> like no commitment or anything or anything like that. And, uh, about a month later, I get my in my email box uh, an email from Patty with uh, a chapter of uh, coming off of our, all our interviews that we did together and all that. And, um, it was just, it was perfect. It couldn't have been any better. And I was just so moved by it. Mm. And she had captured my voice and done an incredible job of storytelling and, I was like, well, okay, what is it? let's let's do this. Let's get this going like together. It. And, um, it, that began the journey. A color commentary on that, Patty McCord? It was awesome. It was scary. It was very difficult for me to call a complete stranger and tell him that I thought God was nudging him to do something. But, uh, you know, as Ben unravels his story, you're going to see how important those nudges are exactly. and what happens when you respond. But, so. but I, have to, I have to smile. First of all, you did nudge him. But he, here's the deal. If you knew the background of Ben Malcolmson, it's not like he's not an author or writer himself. Exactly. I mean, he, he's written articles for Associated Press, Sports Illustrated, just many, many different publications. And he's going, I don't know how to structure the story. I mean, come on, really? <laughs> it's just a matter of somebody that just had, like, like Patty, going, we're going to do this and we're going to do this now in three, two, one. And all of a sudden you go, oh, I know how to handle things like that. Give me a deadline. Give me a word count. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure that uh, 
when you write for these big publications, they say, okay, 800 words or 1,000 or 1,500 words. And you go, okay, well, I can do that. And so Patty's going, we're going to make maybe 10 or so chapters on something like this, and let's rock and roll. So she, she was an inspiration to you, but you also had the goods. Well, I, let me just make a statement here to my listening friends. Here's the deal we want to come to in this, in this hour. We want to come to the revelation that God has you as one of his written epistles. And you're going to be asking yourself, how do you want God to stir you to write what you have, what, what you have uh, been undergoing and what God is doing to and through you. So, Patty, any thoughts on that? And we'll hand it back off to Ben. Well, I'm sure Ben's going to tell you, but we both feel strongly that God's got a story for all of us. That's very good. And uh, whether it's written out on the pages or it's written out in your life, <laughs> that's, that's the goal is to find it and go for it. Thoughts on that, Ben? Amen. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> and I think it's just it's a matter of letting God take the pen of our life and mm-hmm. letting him write the story. And when we do that, the stories are far greater than we could ever dream of or imagine. Yes. And uh, that's our God. And uh, he doesn't just hand us a blank book and give us a pen or a pencil and say, okay, go write your story. He, he wants to help write it with us. And uh, when we let him write those stories through our lives, oh, man, there's nothing better. Well, he's not only co-writing it with us. He's is, is really, when you realize that he's the, really the main character. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we've got about uh, two minutes left in this segment. Patty, where do you, where do you want to ask Ben something? So maybe, Ben, why don't you just set it up in these two minutes? Maybe start back at USC <laughs> and, you know, give people just the opening to the story in two yes, minutes. Yes, yes, And ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Ben Malcolmson. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're not too serious around here sometimes because <laughs> people don't want to listen seriously. They want to listen uh, from the heart out. And so... Uh, we give it to him that way. So lay it on us, Ben. I love it. Well, I'm and you sure have four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some USC fans listening in, but I went to school at USC out in Los Angeles and uh, grew up in Dallas, Texas, but went out to school in California and wanted, it was just trying to find my way, trying to figure out what I wanted to study and, and spend my college career doing. And I stumbled into print journalism and uh, started writing for the school newspaper there at USC, and uh, before I knew it, I was assigned to cover the women's volleyball team. And then a couple weeks after starting to cover the women's volleyball team, the editor calls and says, hey, uh, we want you to cover the USC football team. And this was in the glory days of USC. This was when they won uh, two straight national championships and got within seconds of winning a third straight against Texas in in the Rose Bowl, and just an incredible time of USC football. And of course, I was going to jump at that opportunity. I was a, a sophomore in college and just so excited about this opportunity to cover the football team. They're the number one team in the country. And so I jump at it, and uh, there I am at my first practice uh, covering the football team. And my life took a total turn, and I'm excited to keep telling this story because yes. it's a, a story that screams of God's goodness and his faithfulness <laughs> and the purpose that he has for all of us. Ben Malcolmson, you did a good job of setting the stage for the remaining three segments of this First hour of Come Together San Diego. Uh, any quick thoughts, Patty? No? She, she's nodding her head in a no fashion. But uh, So I guess I'll take the, the, the reins here. We're really thrilled to have Patty McCord, who serves as guest, uh, our guest host here on Come Together San Diego. But she also works with uh, another football legend, Rolf Benershka, with the San Diego Chargers. He's got a lot of different kicking records and so forth, not only uh, in the, with the Chargers, but also the NFL Man of the Year in the years past. So, uh, so you've got quite a, a, a sports legacy, don't you? 
love football. <laughs> and I keep ending up with these guys with Ben in their name. <laughs> I love it. My listening friend, we've just scratched the surface on uh, how God is the author of you, the book, and how he has authored, along with Patty McCord and Ben McCollum, a book called Walk On. We're going to find out more about that, but not only about the book, but what this book means to YOU. My listening friends, we'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Indeed, we are back and we are burgeoning with information regarding uh, God writing books through to and through you and we have a case in point ben malcolmson and his new book called walk on but we also have the holy ghost writer uh, patty mccord with us as well patty is acting as my co-host for this entire hour patty mccord how you doing we started uh we started a thing didn't we the first segment we did (laughs) we're off to a great start (laughs) you know and i love social media and uh the new electronic media because uh, ben actually it texted a photograph of where he's broadcasting from and you'd think it would be a nice studio or a nice uh, living room setting. He's in his car on a road. (laughs) Ben, how you doing? (laughs) <laughs> I'm good. I snuck, I snuck out of a wedding for this. It's deal. Yeah, and it was your daughter's wedding? No, just joking. Just joking. So, so we, we began you setting the stage with, with uh, you and your writing skills and your, your pieces of your early vision. Why don't you uh, carry, carry the ball here? And Patty, you know, do the color commentary and ask the questions because have I mentioned that you're not a guest? You're Several a co-host. Times. <laughs> okay, Ben, so you are a journalism major at USC, and you decide that you um, are going to write a special story, but why did you choose to do that? Yeah, so I, I ended up covering the football team there at USC for the next three years, and that was those those glory years of USC, uh, national championships, and I got to go to two Heisman Trophy ceremonies, and I went to every home and away game for USC as my job in college for those next three seasons, and it was incredible, and it was so fun, and exhilarating and I was figuring that this was my passion this is what I love to do and I was so excited about it and um it was just it was a joy I loved it and uh, I was gearing up to graduate and wanted to go out with a bang right one final good story for the school newspaper and I had done a, a couple unique stories over the years of, uh, I did a day in the life of Keith Carroll where I followed him mm-hmm. around from 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. that night and wrote a story about it and it was really cool brought people on the inside and I did Day in the life of an equipment manager doing laundry for the football team. Huh, no, that's great. A, <laughs> it was it was pretty dirty, but uh, I did day in the life of a women's cross country runner and, and tried to keep up with them, and I couldn't. <laughs> and just brought people on the inside and showed people what it was like for these people that that we all look up to. And um, I wanted to kind of I wanted to write one final good story about that uh, about bringing people where they they can't normally go. And I saw a little alert for the walk-on tryouts for the football team were coming up. And it hit me that uh, this would be a pretty amazing story. Write a story about these walk-ons, kind of end of the bench guys. They don't get scholarships. They don't get uh, a chance to to really play much. But they help fill out the team, and they're a vital part of the team to help it practice and and just operate on a day-to-day basis. And these guys pay their own way for college and – they're not on in the headlines of the newspapers and they're not on the cover of Sports Illustrated, but 
they uh, they play an important part in uh, in a football team, especially at a college level. Um, so I figured, well, I, don't, I need to write a story about these guys. And uh, I started interviewing some guys, and then it hits me, well, I should go through the tryout myself <laughs> and write about it from a first-person perspective. It'll be just an incredible way to show how hard it is just to go through the tryout itself. Not, I, There's no chance of me making the team, but just to go through the tryout, show how hard that is, it'll be pretty cool and pretty funny and I mean, the joke behind it all was obviously I was the newspaper reporter, but then also I hadn't played football since fifth grade. So <laughs> it was going to be a total joke. And I'm going to go out and just make a fool out of myself and write a very self-deprecating story <laughs> for the newspaper. And, uh, yeah, I was I was excited for it. And so I actually, a couple of days before the tryout, I went and asked Coach Carroll, hey, Coach, do you mind if I – write this story if I go through the tryout just to write a story and he kind of laughed at me and said it won't be very interesting but sure go for it <laughs> and those are the exact same words he said to me when I asked him if I could do a day in the life of, of him a couple of years earlier and so I knew that I was on to something good here because when I, when I did that day in the life of Pete Carroll that was the best story I ever had at that point I mean I, that was so cool bringing people on the inside of yes at the time, the best college football coach in the country. I mean, it was yes. just incredible. And there might be some uh, when, there, there might be some uh, speculation on the best uh, NFL coach in the country as well. Uh, those of you who are not football people, uh, USC football coach, the illustrious one who's many uh, accolades in that department, but also uh, Super Bowl city, basically in 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 Seattle for the Seattle Seahawks with uh, coach. Pete Carroll as well. Remarkable story. And you're right in the thick of this thing. And you, sometimes you probably have to pinch yourself and going, I'm here doing this. How wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. And so when he told me that it's not gonna be very interesting, but go for it, I knew that I was, <laughs> I was onto something good. And I, uh, I went out to the tryout that day. And um, I mean, keep in mind, I hadn't played football since fifth grade. I was very undersized, 165 pounds. And I was out there just to write an article for the school newspaper. There was no other intent, no other dream, because it was just, that was the only reason I was out there was just to write an article. Mm -hmm. And so I'm there at the tryout, and I mean, just, I didn't know what position to try out for because I hadn't played football in 11 years. And here I was in college and um, trying out for the number one team in the country. And so I actually, on the tryout sign-in sheet, I put my name and signed to tell what position I said, wide receiver question mark. Cause I didn't even know. I didn't even know what position I was, was trying out for, but I figured, I guess wide receiver is probably the closest thing I, is I can get for uh, passing as a football player. So I uh, go through all the drills that day and um, just an incredible experience. I got to try out for the best college football team in the country at the time. And it was amazing. And Ben, tell so them cool. how, no, tell them how many people at the tryouts knew that you were actually not trying out. Um, not many of the other guys trying out, but the, the coaches quickly picked up on it because they recognized <laughs> me from all the interviews I'd done and just being around the team. And what did they do reporter. to you when they recognized you? <laughs> they, uh, they immediately started ribbing me. They were like, the newspaper boy is here. Oh, here's the newspaper boy. <laughs> Every single time I was running around or lining up for a 40-yard dash, I mean, they just berated me in a very playful, joking way, but it was, I was, my cover was blown and I was like, oh, no, I was trying <laughs> to get through this under the radar, but they, uh, they definitely uncovered um, my, <laughs> it was, it was hard. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, one of the things I noticed is in your book, which is called Walk On, 
And what a remarkable name. You were a walk-on, basically a reporter walking on. But one of the things you do in the last of each chapter is you bring it home. You talk about how it impacted you, and then you bring it home and say, and here's how this kind of thing can impact you as well. On this radio show, in, in honor of how you dealt with each chapter, I think at the close of this segment and perhaps the others as well, let's turn this around to our listener and see you know, the, the challenges that they have. Sometimes in your heart of hearts, you, you go, boy, you know, I can fantasize that how great it would be doing this, but I'm never going to actually do this. And you may just be put in, God may put you in a position to go, maybe you have an opportunity to answer your heart cry. And all of a sudden, you're in the thick of it and you go, wow, this must be God. You want to give a word of encouragement to our listeners who may have seen similar experiences in their life that God's saying, well, you thought about it, uh, move into it. And you too, Patty, for the next, let's say we have three minutes left in this segment. Go ahead, uh, Ben, and then Patty. Yeah, I, the the reason the book title is so impactful for me is that obviously it refers to a walk-on football player and just the term there of of walking onto a football team and, and not being a scholarship player, having to, to fight and claw just to make the team and be a part of the team on a daily basis. And we'll, we'll get through the rest of this story as we go on for the rest of the hour. But um, just just a walk-on himself or herself on a, on a team, any team in college, um, represents someone who overcomes a lot and uh, doesn't have a lot of things handed to him. And it's, it's a very challenging position. And I think for a lot of us, that's life. You know, we, we, we get through life um, and we have to, we have to fight a lot and we have to <laughs> climb an uphill battle sometimes. And it's not easy. Things aren't just given to us on a silver spoon. And yes. um, I think that's kind of a, a parallel to life, but then also the title walk on is kind of a, an encouragement for all of us to walk on, to take those steps, just those little tiny steps day by day, those steps of faith or steps towards Jesus just to know that as we continue to walk on, as we continue to be faithful and consistent in our relationship with Jesus, He does amazing things in our lives. Yes, and indeed. He just pours abundant life through us, um, in us, and He does that to, to impact the lives of the people around us, really. And He wants us to keep walking on because He has a purpose for each of us yes, to, yes, to yes. really change the lives of the people around us. And Kaz, you've done that through this show over all these years. If you continue to be faithful and continue to take those steps of, of faith, and sometimes it feels like they're really, really small steps, and sometimes it feels like they're really, really big steps. But as we continue to keep taking those steps and continue to walk on in our faith, good, good inspiration. Good inspiration, yeah. Patty McCord. Well, I think Ben and I learned through the process of writing the book. There were so many days where we didn't know it was going to happen, and. At that point, we didn't have the title Walk On, but that was our spirit. We said we are just going to keep going because that's what God asked us to do. Yes, yes, yes. And many times, many late nights we were writing, it was teeny tiny steps. And some days, you know, they would be big steps. But I think there was never a doubt in our mind that we were meant to keep going. Yes. And we had no idea what was at the end of the road. Yes. We had no idea. So you've got the double entendre, Walk On, obviously on the football team. They call you a Walk On when you... We're not. It was not premeditated that you were going to show up. You didn't come from a recommendation from a high school or a college or whatever. You just walked on. But the other piece of this, obviously, is uh, you, on, in life, you just had to keep walking forward. You know, the scripture that you used at the close of the first chapter, I'm going to close this segment with. It's in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could even think 
or ask. My listening friend, we're going to talk more about these things as we continue with Ben Malcolmson and Patty McCord and the book called Walk On, and we'll walk on more when we come back after this message. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on AM 1210 K-Praise. And we're back. You know, we're talking with uh, Ben Malcolmson and his new book called Walk On and Ghost Writer or Holy Ghost Writer along with him, Patty McCord. You know, I was thinking about in the book of Habakkuk and the chapter two or three, it says uh, uh, that God writes his vision upon tables. He says, he says, I want you, my whomever, to write the vision clearly upon tables so that people that read it may run with it. And we're talking about uh, this book and the truths that are going on there. And run with it is a phrase that you used during the break. You said, let's let Ben run with it. So why don't you set the stage and we're going to let Ben run with it. Okay, Ben. So you're at the tryouts for the football team. What happens next? <laughs> so then I go home, I start writing my story, and it was seriously going to be the best story I've ever had in my life. And that was so cool. I get to try out for the number one football team in the country, and it was amazing. It was so cool. I start writing my story, and then two days later I get a phone call saying I made the football team. Now, I didn't think this was this, – this couldn't be real. I mean, there's no way because it never even crossed my mind that I could make the team. It was never even a possibility. Because, as we've talked about, I hadn't played football since fifth grade. This is the number one team in the country. I was out at the tryout just to write an article for the school newspaper. And I was vastly undersized, 165 pounds. And it just none of it made sense. But so you were I, probably very quick. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was an athlete, yeah. But, I mean, not didn't feel like I was good enough to play for USC football team. And so... Um, I figured this had to be a prank. This had to be a prank from one of my friends or, or maybe even Coach Carroll. But it wasn't a prank from my friends. And I go into the football office and I go talk to Coach Carroll and I figured he's he's got to be pulling a prank on me. <laughs> he tells me that I can catch the ball, I can run fast. We want you on the team. And I was dumbfounded. I was like, there's no way. This is crazy. And so there I was. Uh, my life took a total turn in that moment because I went from a newspaper reporter who was two months from graduating to all of a sudden a wide receiver on the number one football team in the country without ever even planning for it. And it was crazy, so crazy. So my life uh, took a turn then and uh, haven't looked back since. And um, it's just been crazy. Yeah, you haven't looked. You haven't turned back since, but a lot of things have happened between then and now. And I think Patty's going to egg you on to tell part, that part of the story as well. Patty? So, Ben, quickly, I think it's fun to tell them what it was like for you to go to practice when you hadn't played football and you weighed 165 pounds. And then tell us what happened to practice three weeks later. Yeah, so I was out of practice, and I mean, I didn't know how to take a hit or give a hit. And obviously, being undersized, I was kind of like a ragdoll out there and just kind of a, a crash test dummy in a sense. And was getting my butt kicked every day at practice. And it was it was very hard. Uh, physically, it was really hard. And mentally, it was really hard because learning a playbook, when you've never looked at a playbook before, it was like learning another language. It was so challenging for me. And um, I was just struggling to keep my head above water, really, and just trying to survive each practice. And I would get my bell rung. 
uh, be laying there face down in the dirt and just hoping that I'd survive. And every time that I did get hit and I'm laying there on the ground and realized that I was still alive, that was a moment of victory <laughs> for me. I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can live on and this is going to be okay. I'm going to survive. And uh, slowly over time, over the next couple of weeks, I was starting to get my feet under me and starting to learn the playbook. And there I was at practice one day. I got sent in as a wide receiver and I was blocking on a running play. I get, got my hand caught in our cornerback's pads and I <laughs> freak accident. He rolls over me and I dislocate my shoulder. Oh, no. And I was crushed because there I am laying on the field in writhing pain. And the doctors rush out, the, the team trainers, and they send me to the hospital there on campus and they say that I. I need to get emergency reconstructive surgery on my shoulder because it was completely obliterated. And so I, about a week later, I go in and get surgery, and uh, they say I was going to be off for nine months. The recovery time was just too long, and I was a senior in college at the time, so I only had that one year to play. And uh, nine months from that point in the spring was after the season was over. So my my football career was uh, was looked up, looking like it was going to be over before it even began. It was just not going to get off the runway. And so obviously I was crushed and, and pretty defeated by that. But for some reason, I just devoted myself to rehab and devoted myself to getting back uh, onto the football field just to be a part of the team again. Ben. And uh, Hey, Ben. Yeah. Tell them yeah. why, why you devoted yourself to that. Well, I, I knew that, that I was there for a purpose, and I, I can't wait to dive into that um, with our with our listeners here. But um, I just knew from the moment I found out I was on the team that I was there for a purpose and that God had me there on that team for a reason. And when you know that you have a purpose, you can put up with pain. Yes. Um, and I think that was a, an incredible moment for me that I can I can deal with the challenges here. I can deal with this pain because I know that God has me here for a purpose. So and let me insert, insert really a question. Ben, let me insert a question here. Uh, briefly describe your, the relationship with the Lord going through this. I mean, you, you, we know that you were a believer, but was there any interaction or discussions back and forth of him saying, you going, I can't do this. He says, you can do this. I mean, what, what kind of interactions are going on from, from the heavens uh, paging Ben Melton? That's a great question. Yeah, that's a great question. I, uh, I was definitely wrestling with a lot of doubt. And from the moment I found out I was on the team, I knew that I was there for a purpose so that when I did get hurt, there I am sitting there questioning, doubting God. I thought I was here for a reason. You're ripping this from my hands. I mean, I, I'm going to be off for nine months. How how can I have a purpose if I'm not really even part of the team anymore? And it was it was crushing. It was a lot of discouragement and a lot of doubts and a lot of questions aimed up towards God and wondering, okay, if you really have me here for a purpose, I, I can't wait to see it because it's sure not looking <laughs> likely at this point. Yes, 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 yes. Patty, any thoughts on that? Keep well, going, you, Ben. So yeah. you have the surgery, you get into rehab. What happens next? Yeah, so then I get into rehab and I have a lot of people praying for me and have a lot of, uh, a lot of people just supporting me. And I was back on the football field in four and a half months. So the doctor said nine months of recovery, and, and there they were clearing me to return to the football field four and a half months after the surgery, half the time. Even they were incredulous that they were doing that, approving me to be back playing football. It was crazy, and it was just a divine miracle. It was just a miraculous healing that I could be back on the football field for practice and suiting up after such a devastating injury just four and a half months earlier. And so there I was back on the team and uh, back on the football field, practicing every day and 
just being a, a part of the guys again. It so, was so fun. Ben, did that exciting. kind of boost your faith back up then? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, how could it not? I mean, I was I was so excited because I knew, okay, if God's going to bring me through this injury that was supposed to keep me off for nine months and I'm going to be back in four and a half months, then, then he's definitely got something for me. He's definitely got a purpose for me. And, and that, that feeling I had from the moment I made the team, I just knew that, okay, this is this is a sign that he definitely has me here for a reason. I just I couldn't wait to see what it was. Yes, yes. We have about uh, three minutes in this segment. I'm going to do the same thing on this segment as we did on the first. We're going to turn it around from you know the Ben Malcolmson story, uh, co-written by Patty McCord, Walk On, to your my listener, your story, and how this might relate to you. You know, one of the scriptures that come to mind is, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." But He intervenes within our life. Any word of encouragement in the next uh, minute or so? Uh, ben, I'm going to have you do the same thing, Patty, for our listeners, because we're here to talk about not only the book, but their book or their epistle as well. So, Ben, lay it on us. Yeah, I think just touching on our, the purpose that each one of us has, that we all have an amazing purpose in our lives, and there's a reason God has us here on this earth. And a lot of times it's going to force us to go through really hard times and go through some really challenging or painful or discouraging times. But when we stick to the fact that we do have a purpose and that God has us here for a reason, that we can get through a lot, that we can get through those storms because we know that, that He's with us, that He's carrying us through. And this purpose that He has for us most of the time, if not all the time, it always involves the people around us. Ooh. And for us, it's not about going and, and doing all these big things, but, but a lot of times He's calling us just to, to care for and love the people around us, that He has a purpose for us with those people that are around us. And, yes. and sometimes it's going to be hard and challenging, but, but God is there. He's yes. in the storm with us. I bet you. And he does carry us through. I bet you we're going to deal with that in the last segment. Just a sense. <laughs> Patty, any thoughts here on this segment? I guess what I think about this part of Ben's story is that he, he was not a big deal on the football team. He was nothing. As he says, he was the lowest of the lowest. Yeah. He was just holding on by his fingernails. Yet, he was going to turn out to have the most incredible purpose. Yes. So you don't have to be a person in this incredibly, Ooh. you know, visible, famous spot. You can be the guy sitting at the end of the bench, and God's going to use you for mighty things. Yes, yes, yes. That's but, to come. Thank you. Ben, stay with us for this l- last segment, and Patty McCord as well, and the book called Walk On. And part of the story is dealing with uh, your the person for whom you are the assistant, Pete Carroll uh, of the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, part of him probably rubbed off on you, and part of you probably is rubbing off on him. And that's how God does it. My listening friend, we're going to be back with uh, Ben Malcolmson and uh, Patty McCord in the next segment. But gear up, because uh, this is not only a story about how God used uh, Ben Malcolmson, it's a story about how God is just about ready to use you in remarkable ways. Do not go away, because my friends, we'll be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise with Cass Taylor. And we're back. Uh, moments go quickly in, in this uh, radio uh, outreach, don't they? Moments go quickly. A day with the Lord's a thousand years, a thousand years is over a day. <laughs> we're with Patty, Mc, uh, Patty McCord, and she is with us as well. She's the ghostwriter 
for this book called Walk On, but we also have the other author and writer. His name is Ben Malcolmson, about whom this book was written. So, uh, Patty, I'm going to give it to you, but you're going to have to stir this Ben guy up a little bit because we have about 10 minutes to, to reach the denouement, the conclusion of his story. Go ahead, Patty. Okay, let's go, Ben. You're back, <laughs> you're back on the team, and you, you have your big debut. Tell us about well, that. How, well, say, it like, uh, say it like Pete Carroll would say it. Get on the field, Ben, and do something. <laughs> well, here we go. So I was back on the team and, and uh, was just so excited to be back a part of the guys again and overcome that injury. And a bunch of students started a campaign, Get Ben In, and they wanted to see me, just the lowly student newspaper reporter <laughs> who is now a walk-on wide receiver on the football team, get into a game. So they started this campaign. They made T-shirts. They put posters all around campus. They started chants in the student section during home games. Get Ben in. Get Ben in. Get Ben in. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. And that was kind of the rally cry. Uh, It was so exciting. And and finally, um, through a lot of ups and downs in the last home game of the year, we're up 20 points against Notre Dame. And the coaches throw me into the game with the student section chanting, get Ben in. And there I was. Uh, It was amazing. And it was such an incredible kind of, crown jewel moment for uh, that whole football experience um just so exciting but but the the more exciting part was what god was doing through it all and the the purpose that he had for me in all of this and that is uh that's the reason why god had me on that team was far greater than just getting ben in a game but it was for his amazing eternal purposes and yes um from the moment i found out I was on the team, like I mentioned, that I, I had this deep sense that he had me there for a purpose. And I was pressing into that and pursuing that, and I started a Bible study for the team, and I figured, well, if, if he has me on this team for a reason, maybe this is it. Maybe it's to start a Bible study. And I got a room ready, got a lesson ready, and the time came for our first Bible study, and no one showed up. Mm. I was the only one. And I was devastated. I was so discouraged that God, I thought I was here for a reason. I thought I was here for, for a purpose. And I guess I missed the mark on this one, and I kind of miss it. But uh kind of battled through that discouragement, and I, I get another idea. I started a pro group for the team. I got a room ready, told all my teammates, and the time came for our first pro group, and no one showed up. And again, I was discouraged and disheartened and wondering and questioning, God, what was what's my purpose in being on this team? I just I don't get it. And uh, I think we can all relate with that. I think yes. we can all relate with wanting to have a purpose and wanting to see God use us wherever we're at, whether it's at our workplace, in our families, um, with our friends, whatever it may be, even in our neighborhood. Um, God, I I thought I'm here for a reason. I'm just not seeing any fruit right now. And I felt that so deep. And it was was hurtful and it was discouraging. And I was just sitting there wondering, questioning. And and then I get, I had just read in Isaiah, sorry, in uh, Matthew 5, it says, let your light shine before men. It hit me that I need to stop trying to do these things. I just need to be a light first and mm. foremost. I just need to focus on being a light because lights don't go out and create events. They they just shine first and foremost. Lights need to shine, and that is their purpose. And so I just need to be a light. And, and by doing that, I'm going to find my purpose, and I'm going to see amazing results. And I spent the next several weeks just trying to be a light, trying to be a good teammate, a good friend to the guys around me. But once again, I'm not seeing any results. I'm seeing zero fruit. And again, I'm discouraged and questioning God. I thought I was here for a purpose, and I'm just not seeing it. And it was hard. It was really, really hard. And I think we can all resonate with that and relate with that. Um, 
and we're we're get chosen to play in the Rose Bowl on January first, and just a couple weeks to, before the game, I get an idea. After reading Isaiah fifty five, it says, "If his word goes out, it does not come back empty." And it hit me that I need to put his word out there. I need to put his literal word out there and put Bibles out there. And this will be my purpose. I'm so excited for this because this is why God had me on this team. And so I got a hundred Bibles. I placed them in everyone's locker in, uh, in the middle of the night one night, and I come in the next day that we're practicing and I'm so excited to see because this is the, the fruition of my purpose. I couldn't wait to see what it was, but um, I walk in there's shredded pages of Bibles all over the locker room floor. And I was absolutely crushed. Right. I was so defeated because once again, I had failed at finding my purpose and all this energy and effort I'd poured into trying to find my purpose had failed once again. And not only that, this was the last week we were on the team together before the Rose Bowl, our last game for that season. And I was crushed and I figured I had totally failed at finding my purpose. And we go through the Rose Bowl. And then a few days after the Rose Bowl, I get a phone call saying that my teammate Mario had tragically passed away in the middle of the night. Um, and I was even more stricken with grief and more discouraged and more disheartened and finding even more pain as I was trying to find my purpose through all this. And now I'm dealing with the death of one of my closest friends on the team. And it was so painful, so painful. And we go to this funeral a few days later as a team and a bunch of our offensive linemen carries casket down the center aisle. And on top of the casket was one of the Bibles that I placed in the locker room. And I had no idea what it meant at the time, but it was God's personal touch for me. Wow, just wow, to wow. give me comfort in that time. And I was just overcome with God's presence and his comfort wow. to get me through that grief. And it was amazing. Patty? And then, I mean, it's not even the conclusion of the story, just the way that God works. And the book, Walk On, which just came out a few weeks ago, goes into greater depth with all this stuff. But I hope our, our listeners get a chance to pick a copy up, Walk On. It also and, includes uh, your, your involvement as assistant with uh, uh, Coach Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks as well. I mean, a remarkable story. And uh, it's amazing how quickly the time goes, Patty McCord, doesn't it? It does. So uh, we'll give a little spoiler alert here, huh, Ben, that uh, Ben does eventually find his purpose, but it's not (laughs) until many years later. And that's such an important lesson for all of us, is that even at the time we think that we've missed it, we may not find out for days, months, years. Maybe yes. we won't find out till we get to heaven. Yeah, that's right. But um, that's what's so great. It, when you get to see the end of the book, Ben does eventually find what that purpose was, and it's so powerful. It is. And while we're here, we probably ought to give people a way that they can find out more about the book or purchase it, Patty. So it's on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. And, and the name of the book is Walk On. Walk On. And you could also visit benmalcolmson.com exactly. where you can find more info about Ben and about the story, too. Okay. So, Ben, before they go, though, you must share the Habakkuk verse. Kaz jumped in with his Habakkuk verse, and now I think you need to make sure and share our Habakkuk verse. Yeah, it's Habakkuk five, and it's look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm doing something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. And I think that's the truth that God is speaking over each and every one of us, that he wants us to be utterly amazed because he's doing things in our days that we wouldn't believe, even if we were told. Even if he would have told us ahead of time, all these amazing things are going to happen in my life, we wouldn't have believed him. And I think he wants to do that through each and every one of us. So he doesn't just pick certain people to do utterly amazing things, but he desires deeply to do that. 
inside and through each one of us. So look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for God is doing something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. Uh, and that's Habakkuk uh, chapter 1-5. One, one mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Ben, thank you for joining us. And Patty, uh, why don't you give a 30-second encouragement to our listeners, and then I'll close it. Because you know what? I'm not going to let you outdo me, Ben. I've got a scripture, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Go I guess ahead, it's easy to listen to Ben's story. And, you know, he ended up on the number one team in the country, and that's all exciting. And now he works for the Seahawks, and that's also exciting. But God has purposes for us, and the things that he's done in my life, even through Ben's story, are as utterly amazing to me yes. as, as they are to Ben. So it, it's sort of a degree, you know, and you can, it's easy to listen to Ben and say, well, you know, he ended up in this great place, but I'm as excited about the utterly amazing things God has done in my life exactly. and Kaz's Indeed. life that, uh, as Ben is about where he and is. And your life, my friend. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's a scripture. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate both of you guys, uh, uh, Ben Malcolmson and Patty McCord, the ghostwriter. I call her the holy ghostwriter that helped you, you craft this, uh, Ben, remarkable. And let me. You, one of the things that uh, Ben talked about is he realized that God said, you just shine your light. That's all you need to do. And so I'm going to end this segment with that scripture. Scripture you talked about is Isaiah earlier, and I'm and, and what were Isaiah fifty five or somewhere in there. I'm going to take Isaiah sixty and says or it says arise shine because your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, and kings shall come to the brightness of your rising. That's the scripture for you, my listening friend. God has made you a light, and He wants you to shine. And don't worry about it. The, the, no matter how what your wattage is, the light will always win out over the darkness if you allow God's energy through His Holy Spirit to embrighten you. And so, my friend, I want you to remember Amazon.com and... Just to walk on in your faith every day. Walk on in your small faith. Small steps. Exactly. And, faithfulness. And you can find out You'll more find about the purpose. book called Walk On on Amazon.com and... BenMalcolmson.com. BenMalcolmson.com. Ben, thank you for joining us. Patty McCard, the hour goes quickly. You can have to write some more books and then come on back and, and do your song and dance. Yeah, I hear you're the dancer. Oh, yeah, really. Thank you very much. You know, the next segment, we talk about schools and education, uh, Ben and, and, and Patty. One of the things that we talk about is what God is doing in the school system and what the enemy is doing. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and how God wants to circumvent what the enemy is doing in our school system here in San Diego, California, and even beyond. So we'll be right back with other guests and other hosts in just a moment. We'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world, world, world. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on AM 1210 Praise. I'll tell the world, world. And we're back for our second hour. This is going to be a very proactive hour on Come Together San Diego my fellow believers, especially those who have children in the school system, this is going to be a time for us to get a revelation of what's going on in the school systems and the ulterior motives that sometimes go on that we're just just unaware of. In innocence, you know, we as parents and leaders, we go, that's happening under, you know, kind of under our noses and we don't even realize it. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and how the school system works and how it doesn't work, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to introduce you to one of my favorite peeps in the world, Gail Levin. She's been a friend for many years, and she is also tied to an outreach and ministry uh, with a gal named Dran Reese. But Gail uh, Levin is with Salt and Light Council, and they 
what they do is they see a challenge or a problem and they go attack it. Gail, it's good to have you with us. Oh my gosh, it's so good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you've been, you, you, you have a lot of things going on. You, you work in the Hebrew environment too. Um, Pastor Lieberman, uh, Tree of Life Ministries, Joel Lieberman. Messianic Congregation. And you want to say hi Messianic to Jewish. Say hello to, yes, to he, Shalom. He's praying Joel. for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things I love about you is you, you don't let a problem go by without uh, taking a look at it and saying, we can take this thing. Yeah, I remember I kind of cornered you one day. Remember that? <laughs> it was the Gail Levin cor- cornering. I've been cornered by you before. All right. But the topic on this one was vital. Tell us a little briefly about the topic, and we're going to come right back with some people who have some insights on this. Tell us a little bit yeah, about the topic. Yeah, and I, I just want to piggyback on what um, Patty just said. Yes. Every person listening has a destiny, and part of it as biblical citizens is to be involved in what's happening in our culture with yes. governmental authority. And so what's happening is in school districts around the country, yes. there's, there's curriculums now that are teaching sexual behaviors that are deviant behaviors outside of marriage. Anything now, now outside of marriage. this is called sex ed. Some people they refer call to it that Comprehensive as sex Sexuality Education, CSE. CSE. That's right. And some of the things, you know, we you know, back in the 60s, I think we Christians and Judeo-Christian mentality, we took our hands off government saying, uh, let them take care of themselves. We have to deal with uh, godly things in the home environment. And all of a sudden, these uh, the schools are kind of taking over the curriculum and are the strategies and the mindsets of our children. We go, what happened? And it's time to circumvent that. So I know that's your heart and it's the heart. Uh, of, of Dran at uh, Salt and Light Council right. and the, the multitude, of other, multitude of others that are involved in that. So bring us to where we are right now, and then we'll start introducing some people. Okay, well, where we are right now is this is a growing problem, and parents n- parents need to be aware of this. Yeah, and we're not talking about, generally speaking, we're talking about San Diego County, uh, north can, and south. I can tell you all about San Diego County. And what happens is you have certain school boards that are set on introducing these curriculum K through 12. And then you have other school boards that don't even know this is going on. And, and, and yet it's happening in their schools. So when I speak to school board members from certain districts, they have to find out themselves what is yes. being taught. They don't even know. Yes. And we're gonna, we have a few parents handy that we're going to have some insights. And buckle up, my friends, because you're going to hear some things. And we'll actually, uh, we've decided to change some names of people uh, as well. And so you're not going to hear their real names, but you're going to hear their real heart cry. That's and this right. is something to stir you up. Um, these people are actually from the Ocean... Oceanside School District. Oceanside That's School District. Yeah. But the same thing, listen, the same thing is going on in the San Diego... Uh, in San Diego Unified yes. as well. well. Very much so. So yes. pay close attention, especially not only if you are a uh, a parent of a... Uh, of, of, a, of a child that's uh, what age group? K through 12. But if you're a, a taxpayer, you're, <laughs> you're paying for this. Yes, yes, yes. Wow, wow, wow. So that means all of us. Wow, wow, wow. So I want to introduce Brooke and uh, JJ uh, uh, who are going to be with us. They're actually in studio. So, But I'm going to ask you, Gail, to actually start this because I don't know whether I mentioned before, you're not a guest on the show. You're a co-host. That's right. Well, so, thank you so much. So yes. why don't you jump on in with... Um, Brooke and JJ. Right. Well, I met JJ first, uh-huh. and uh, she was at a meeting where I was speaking about comprehensive sexuality education, yes. CSE, and um, then I went to a school board meeting at the Oceanside School District, and there, that's where I met Brooke. Yes. And so uh, here they are, JJ and Brooke. 
Well, welcome, guys. We're glad that you are on the air with us. Thank you so much for having Thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Very good, Brooke. And why don't you tell us, you want to give us a brief overview uh, on this, JJ, and then I'm going to have Brooke give her input, because we've got the remainder of the hour, but I, I can tell you, because you've been sitting in the studio, you know the hour goes quickly. So why don't we start with you, JJ? Uh, what stirred you up, and you have children in the school system? Just kind of give an overview. We don't want you to implicate yourself to get you, you know, people targeting you or anything like that, but you have some valuable things to say. Go ahead, JJ. Okay, thank you. Um, What got me involved was I was um, having my kindergartner just going to school, reminding her own business, and then I got an email, or I'm sorry, um, a handout that was talking about what their um, sexuality health curriculum was going to be. And I was flabbergasted because I wasn't thinking that a kindergartner would be exposed to sexual health curriculum. And um, I went ahead and I read what the actual lessons were. And the language that they were using was completely inappropriate. And um, having the children diagram uh, little characters. Oh, oh my. With, without, without being too descriptive, what does that mean? Without being too descriptive. Um, naming personal parts, like being able to write those down. A kindergarten child? Kindergartner, yes, sir. Oh, my, 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 my. And so let me ask you, Brooke, you, you experienced similar things. Tell us a little bit about your story. And then I'll have Gail jump on in and ask the, que- the pointed questions she knows how to ask. <laughs> Well, J.J. actually uh, informed me of what was going to be taught because my child was also going to be attending the same school, and I was shocked. I was devastated. I couldn't even sleep knowing that my child was going to be taught this, and I just didn't, um, couldn't imagine a child learning that. And wow. I, all I kept thinking was they were going to take away her innocence. Oh, my. And that's not something that I was going to stand by. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things that's a challenge, my friends, uh, some of you may know bits and pieces of this if you have children in these different school districts in San Diego County, but the big question is, what in the world can I do about it? You know, And so one of the things that Salt and Light Council does is they, pri- they like to provide venues and opportunities for us to understand how to be educated, and when you're equipped with education, then you can go out and... Uh, Make your voice heard, but you can also do something behind just a, a voice. You can do some ac- activities. Any thoughts on that, Gail? Yeah, well, we start c- civic serve ministries in churches. And if you're in a church and, and you want to see everybody in the congregation be able to have a voice to know what's going on yes. and then to be able to do something about it, contact us at saltandlightcouncil.org. Saltandlightcouncil.org. C-O-U-N-C-I-L I-L. dot org. Okay, okay. Right. thank you for uh, edifying our school education there because it's appropriate because we're talking about school stuff. Right, yeah, we touch on all the issues that are God's on God's heart. Yes. Um, I, I'd like to ask them a question. And sure, that is, Brooke and JJ. Yeah, and, and the question is, how did you feel about getting involved in all this? Is it taking any time to do this? Have you really jumped in? What's it been JJ like? JJ first. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like a joke now. Um, It's been extremely time consuming, to be honest. And um, I was not planning on doing this with um, the past several months of my life. But um, I'm honestly like super honored to be in the position. Um, I was paying attention, you know, and I saw this was happening in the schools. And it's not within my personality structure just to let something like that go by. And so, um, and so I just started just like doing the footwork and that, that walk on segment spoke to me. It's like, okay, what's the next thing we can do? How do we let parents know what's going on? Cause that was yes. my biggest concern. Yes. Is this okay with Oceanside? If it's okay with Oceanside, you know, what am I going to do? 
But if it's not okay, I want the community to, to know. Yes, and you know, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to bring Brooke in as well. And Gail, stay with us for the whole hour because we're going to set the stage uh, and give some revelation that people can blow their mind, but also what they can do about it. My listening right. friend, I hope that you're enticed by this and tell your friends to tune in as well. AM 1210, Praise, And my listening friend, we will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And, you know, we're back with uh, co-host Gail Levin. Salt and Light Council, Salt and Light Council, and Salt and Light Council is it dot dot org dot org o r g dot org. Thank you for straightening yeah. me. Thank you for straightening me right out, Gail. Um, you know, we, during that. the break we were talking about we 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 set the stage, and, and JJ gave some insights on the initial thoughts from her perspective. And I know we're going to go to Brooke in just a minute, but you had a few thoughts that you wanted to bring in about the teachers and the, and the systems in general. Yeah, I just want to say that um, I have family members in the public schools. And so I was at the public schools, not only here, but even on the East Coast. And the teachers are amazing. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're dedicated. They're, they're knowledgeable. They love the children. They love each other. Their mm-hmm. team, they, they, a lot of teamwork going on. So the teachers just need to be aware of this. And then they need the Lord to speak to their hearts about how they should approach if it comes to their school district because not every school district yes. is doing this yes but but the day da- and the danger of course is getting blowback and, and i mean th- the enemy wants to use this as something to destroy judeo-christian principles mm-hmm. and to dis- destroy uh, constitutional privilege in america <clears throat> and there's a lot of behind the scenes motives and we'll talk a little bit about that as well but right. I-, I want you to you know introduce brooke and have her continue what jj sure said. thanks kaz um, Brooke, we were talking before about how has this affected their lives to have this happening, and now they're in quote, kind of in the quote in the fight. Yes, uh, Brooke. Brooke, how's it been for you? Well, I've been um, involved in all the meetings, whether it's a PTO meeting, a small meeting, or a board meeting. Um, it's taken a lot of time from my family, but I feel that I was put here to fight for this for this cause. Um, yes. I can't imagine just stopping until we get you know what we need to have done so are you letting the other parents know that this is going on is that part of what you're doing yes we're informing um by passing flyers letting them know what is being taught uh giving them information um because a lot of parents were not aware exactly what was in the program a lot of them were expecting to uh the kids were going to be taught about respect, be kind to one another. Which uh, sounds good. All of that sounds great. Right. But it, once you realize what was inside, you were like, oh, my God, this is not something that my child should be taught. And how do taught. the parents respond, JJ, when they find out this is Oh, happening? the parents were actually really grateful to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They say, thank you so much. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for taking your time to come into the community because we were going to schools and passing Ooh. flyers out just to let them know what was going on. And they, um, over time, I will say again, like with Oceanside Unified, they um, started updating their websites and put the information on there. And mm-hmm. so they were um, responsive to, to the concern of the parents. Yes. You know, for sure. But it was, um, 
It was uh, a big deal for the parents. Yeah. How about blowback on the? Let's how about the other side of the equation? Are you you were hearing blowback on the other side, JG and Brooke? Uh, just mostly in the um, in the boardroom. Oh yeah, I bet. There's I bet. some um, just very just just a few people who are really very very pro this program, and um, there's name calling and just inappropriate behavior in, yes. in my mind. You know, it doesn't match up with what we're saying. We're just asking for a proper program. And yeah. um, so that's the school board room, right? The school board meetings. Yes, that's, that's what right. you're talking about. Okay. Yes. So, so Gail, I know Salton Lake Council has a. You know, you're very attuned with what's going on, and one of your visions is, to, or what do you call uh, tasks that Lord the Lord has given you is to help not only communicate what's going on, but give people resources and ways to combat that. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. You know, one of the things that we're doing is every month. On the third Monday of the month, we have a lecture series, and it's online, it's free, it's nationwide, and we've had some of the people who are at, in the national level of stopping CSE. Uh, Once as, again, as CSE means? CSE means Comprehensive Sexuality Education. Thank you. And that, that's, that's what's being taught in the school. Now, when they say CSE or Comprehensive Sex, what they're trying to say is they want to protect children from HIV and, and AIDS and also from STDs. And that there's a, there's a law in California. It has to be taught one time in junior high and one time, one class in senior in, in high school. But the problem is, is that they've gone way beyond that now. And these curriculums are now K to 12 in some of the districts. Some of the districts start the sixth grade. K to 12. K- kindergarten, kindergarten to 12th grade. All the way through, just, just as Brooke was saying, or, and, and, you know, and JJ was saying for, for her daughter. Wow. And so uh, what's next? What's next is we have to fight this. We have to uh, be responsible citizens, and one of the things is we have to vote. We, Ooh, that's <laughs> we have a novel to vote idea. out <laughs> the, the school board members that are pushing this, and we have to elect people who have godly values. Another thing is um, in San Diego Unified, they're also using uh, the same curriculum, Rights, Respect, and Responsibility, I think it's called, by Advocates for Youth, which is part of, they're affiliate, very closely affiliated with Planned Parenthood. Yes. Okay. And so um, there is a petition, and I think there's one for Oceanside too, but San Diego Sex Ed.com, San Diego, S-E-X, Sex Ed, E-D.com. People can go there. They should go there and sign that petition. And you have one in Oceanside. What do you know? We do. It's speakupoceanside.com. Yes. And so, the, I mean, there, there are avenues <clears throat> to be able to uh, do something, but sometimes just a single individual feels like it's frustrating. What can I do? But when you realize that there, there are groups that are being pulled together for this and you know, is one voice, one can chase a thousand, but two can chase 10,000, the scripture says. So the more voices you get that uh, show dissatisfaction with the ulterior motives behind this, uh, then, you know, there's a vote at stake and, 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 and people pay attention if they are going to lose their job or responsibility. Well, we need the churches to get involved. Thank okay. You. One church could have, you know, 5,000 people in it yes. and you get those 5,000 people aware of this and then they start to um, you sign the petition or go to school board meetings, and you can turn this around in a heartbeat yes. if the churches would just get involved. And um, I don't think you have to be a parent to sign that petition, do you? No. No, it's just if you're a concerned citizen, grandparent, yes. 
Taxpayer? Well, taxpayer. (laughs) That's almost everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, why why don't you spend a moment, take a minute or so to talk to pastors and church leaders right now on what they can do. All right. Well, we love you. We love the pastors and we respect you highly. And if you have influence, if you have people that follow you, and and if you feel led by the Lord, and as you felt feel led by the Lord, let them, the people in the congregation, know what's happening. And again, connect with the Salt and Light Council because we will continue to give you the latest information and the activation that you need to get people involved. So yes. give us a call. And the, and the call or a an email or what so a website visit saltandlightcouncil.org. Or you got it. You you are remembering it very good. And what is your name again? My name. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but I, we're teasing around a little bit. But the truth of the matter is, uh, peop, there are people uh, and even supernatural powers going on that want to uh, sideline Judeo-Christian values. Yeah, you know, and there's a, an agenda behind this. I don't know if you want to talk about this now or in the next segment. We can set it up here. We have a, a couple of minutes All left right. in this Well, segment. everybody, there is an agenda. There's an agenda behind this, and it goes back even 100 years. Uh, of course, because of the enemy, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. But yeah. but um, there's been an active agenda to do something that is promoting what we're having in the schools right now, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. We talk about it a little bit more, but any uh, thoughts uh, as we close this segment, JJ and Brooke? JJ, any thoughts? I'd like to correct my website. Okay. I, I gave the wrong one. It's actually OceansideSexEd.com. Okay. com. People can go there. They can, well, peruse the site and they can find out who, why, what, where, when, and how. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. and if they can want to um, sign up, then they can be in contact with us. Like you said, one voice. You know yes. what I mean? They can be with like-minded people and then we can, um, you know, band together. That's very good. Brooke, thoughts? Well, I would love for the churches to get involved um, just so we can help kids who have been exposed hmm. um, how to handle it, how to proceed with their emotions and the 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 ideas of what they have taught. And I think it's important to help our children be prepared yes. to fight that. Yes. You know, we've been asleep at the switch since like the 60s progressively. We've been kind of handing the baton off to yeah, other we'll people who, whom we entrust with the education and things. And all of a sudden we look back and we go, I didn't realize these things. And, uh, you know, we look around at the world, look around at the United States of America, the, these policies and things like that that have been subtly uh, encroaching upon Judeo-Christian values, they are not only encroaching, they've got a major foothold. It's time for God's kids, people that embrace the Constitution and Judeo-Christian values, to make a stand. And I appreciate Salt and Light Council and saltandlightcouncil.org, by the way, <laughs> Thank you. for doing this. But we're going to spend the, the remainder of the show talking about the ulterior motives, but also what can be done about it. A quick thought. Yeah, I just want to say this. Imagine this. Imagine you're, you're 10 years old and you're sitting in a classroom with 25, 30 other children, and all of a sudden you're having to be confronted with this sexual information that even in private would be embarrassing, and even adults don't want to look at it, and now you're in a classroom situation. How do you handle that? That's what our children are facing. Wow. My friend, I suspect you're hearing this. Some of you are hearing this for the first time as far as hearing it in this context. You know, generally speaking, that it's going on, but you realize this in your own hometown, maybe even in your home school. 
And so we need to find out more about this, but also to be wise. Uh, scripture says, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Uh, we're pretty good at the harmless of, as doves part, but being the wise as serpents, we don't really kind of comprehend what that means. Mm. And so what we're going to talk about these next segments is how to have God's wisdom in combating these kind of things. So my listening friend, I hope that we've whet your appetite because more is to come mm-hmm. with uh, Gail Levin, uh, my co-host of dot. Org. And guess what? Gail and Kaz and our guests will be right back. <laughs> You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on AM 1210, K-Praise. And Gail Levin and Kaz are back. Gail from saltandlightcouncil.org. <laughs> and and uh, what we want to do is, uh, you know, you've heard of intrusions into our uh, constitutional rights. Some, sometimes you've heard of them from afar, but you realize that they're actually right here in our home turf. It really hits home, and I mean that literally. You know, when you're talking about the college environment, we kind of knew this and we think, you know, our college students have a level of maturity and hopefully they begin to discern these things and stand in in the the mix of it. But a lot of times it doesn't happen. If that is tenuous for a college student, imagine how tenuous it is for an elementary school child as well. So uh, Gail Levin and I are talking about uh, some of the history of this plan for education that uh, has ulterior motives. So you want to talk a little bit about that from, from uh, historical and then sure, bring, yeah. it, bring it home? You know, it's really, this is really crazy-making stuff, isn't it? it I is. mean, it's just really crazy-making. Uh, you, you go back to, uh, well, first of all, there's a, there's a worldwide agenda. And now we're talking about UNESCO, which is the educational arm of the United Nations, okay? Yes. UN Women, um, uh, World Health Organization, Inter- International Planned Parenthood, Hood Federation. Did you know that there's an international plant? No clue. Terrible. They're the most evil. And it's really large. And they have a lot of influence. And so they have decided that sexuality should be available for every child from birth. That that pleasure. See, they've replaced marriage. They've replaced God. And so what comes in? If we don't exercise our governmental authority, something else comes in. Yeah. And so they have replaced it that, that pleasure should be available is, is what sex is about, and it should be available from birth. Children should have the opportunity to explore who and with and when they want to. With whom they did want to. And we're talking about wow. different sexual orientations, my different my. genders. This is a worldwide, worldwide uh, attack. And they say, actually, that where faith is involved or social values, they're they're the old ones. We have new ones for you. Mm. And children, you see, they're actually developing a wedge between the jet the generations. Well, yeah, and we know definitely a wedge even between a parent and their child. I mean, I, I've seen this happening. So, you know, all of a sudden the child seems to have more rights than the parent does. And it creates a dissonance so that the children are hearing something at school and they're hearing something else at home in the districts where sure. this is happening because, again, it's not sure. everywhere yet. And so it creates for them a dissonance. They don't, it's a cognitive dissonance, it's called. They don't know who to trust. Well, but also, you know, a kid, they'll want things that favor them the most, whatever seems to be the most fun or the most 
freeing, they will go, let's go with that direction. I know it's adverse to my mom and dad, but uh, so what? I've got this freedom. All of a sudden you have a, an entirely different issue to deal with uh, in breaking apart the, the family unit. And what it is is sin. They're, well, they're that's getting good. permission to sin. I mean, it's school. not good. The sin isn't good, but it's good that you bring that up because it is so true. That's right. The, the enemy does not want to have the family unit and husband and wife and the family unit are really the springboard and the foundation to the strong moral conviction that we see in the United States of America. Parents have the responsibility to raise their children. And, you know, that's something that both J.J. and Brooke brought up, that their children are coming home from school and they don't even know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, isn't that terrible? Well, it is, but you know, how much time with your child and training them as, you know, the Bible says to train up in the child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they shall not depart from it. But as, as the, the parents are training up the child, intervening within that training up is another an entity in there inserting things that are contrary to what the parent has instructed. Them. And that brings us to another point. And again, the schools have our children more hours, the critical hours during the day, if yes. the children are in public education. And so uh, in there's there's actually a move to take parents out of the equation. In 1933, a government spokesman, a United States government spokesman said this, the individualism of Americanism must go. The individualism of Americanism must, must go. go. We expect to accomplish by education what dictators in Europe are seeking to do by compulsion and force. Can anybody say the word socialism and... That's Communism, right. My well, goodness. Marxism. And Marxism. and so this is this is really critical. CSE, Comprehensive Sexuality Education that we've been talking about for the first half hour, you can see how it draws your attention. But there's actually it's a distraction. It's actually a distraction from the larger goal which is the totality of family life education was devised to break down Traditional concepts of family, religion, and communities, the foundations of society. How do you like that? Wow, wow, wow. I, and, and Brooke and JJ, I'm going to ask you to be thinking about this because you may want to put some insights from a parental perspective as well. But it's mind-boggling. I did tell you, Gail, it's mind-boggling. And, you know, how could we have let it go this far? But when we let we step back a pace, the enemy goes, okay, we want to take that ground. We want to take this ground. We want to take we this ground. We leave a void. We leave a void. And and the problem is we, we, we have to get back into it now. But it's not irreversible. God can do these things. And God's kids, if we listen and obey, these things can be attacked and overcome as well. We can we can be the overcomers instead of it overcoming us. That's right. If, if we want to get involved, you know, yeah. and this is where, again, everybody listening to this now and in the future has a choice to make. And that is, do we want to exert our own governmental authority? Will we go to school board meetings? Will we elect people who have godly values? Will we stand up in yes. this culture for the Lord? Yes, and you just did a good job of bringing it back home again, which gives us an opportunity to talk to J.J. and Brooke on what we can do to, to bring this back home. I know, you know, there's a point in time where you had the revelation that things were happening underneath your, out of, out of your control in the training up of your children, and uh, it, it, it's a good incentive to stir you up. And my friend, the dear precious little one that you're sending off to school on weekdays, they're being influenced by influences that are beyond your control. Parents, what are we going to do? taxpayers, what are we going to do? Citizens, what are we going to do? Thoughts, JJ? Absolutely. Well, parents um, just need to be diligent. Yep. Like for us, I just read the curriculum and that was enough to fire me up and say, no, that one of the things that I wanted to say is one of the um, 
the quotes from the book or from the reference was to the child, you have the right to know what your body parts are called. So the, 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 this uh, document is saying, child, you have the right without even including the parental input. Right. And the language was very against the parent. It was like talking what what you're talking about, driving a wedge in there. And so I would just encourage parents and grandparents and anybody who's involved in their, you know, children or grandchildren's life to go ahead and get the curriculum and read it. And it's our right as citizens, as taxpayers, as parents of students in a, um, in a public school system to find out what they're being taught. How hard is it to get their hands on the curriculum? Well, now in Oceanside, it's easy because we raised a big stir <laughs> and they put it online, yeah. you know, but you can just, you can, I, for another school district that I'm involved in, I also went directly to the, um, and it's your right, the district office it's and I asked right. to see the materials. Exactly. Yeah, and it is my right. And I just want to say, don't assume that you think your child's school is safe yes. or that their values match your values. Yes. And don't, don't assume that somebody else is taking care and care of it from the parental right. standpoint. And it's not just San Diego and it's not just Oceanside. I have it on good authority that it's in other schools where it wasn't last spring that it, they're bringing it in this fall. You're talking about San Diego County, though. I'm talking, yes, absolutely. And beyond, Orange County, LA, and Carlsbad. Yeah, so families in Carlsbad shouldn't feel protected. They should feel like they need to be involved. Wow, Brooke? Don't trust the schools that you you send your kids. Make sure that you meet the principal. Read everything that they give you. Don't just put it on the side. I was one of those parents that sometimes I didn't have time to read everything that came in or every email that came in. Well, there's a phrase that says, trust but verify. I mean, yeah. it's okay. You give the person a benefit of the doubt, but you need to verify that. And then you realize they're, you know, in this area or this phraseology or whatever, they're pulling the wool over your eyes. It's easy. I'm a, I'm a broadcaster, but I'm also a writer. It's interesting, fairly easy to nuance a sentence to make it sound palatable to everybody. But when you dig in to what does that sentence mean, we're going to change, you know, fundamentally change America. What does that mean? What does that mean? And uh, I want to know about this because I'm the parent, uh, I'm a taxpayer, and I have a right to know about my children in right. this school. Isn't that right? Yes, of course. I mean, otherwise, you're, you know, you're sending your kids to be educated with things that you don't agree with. Yes. You have to be involved. You've got to sit there and read. And one thing that um, we were kind of told, like, kind of placate us, oh, well, you can opt out. Yeah. And you can't opt out of a community. No. If all of the children are being taught that and you opt your child out and maybe 10, 20 kids opt out of, of, the, you know, of the school, your child will be exposed on the playground. Yeah. It, yep, yep, yep. And, but it's not really the time to opt out. It's time to opt in for us. Well, actually, if enough people opt out, then they will have to stop the curriculum because there won't be anybody sitting in the classroom. Well, that's true. But, but if you just entrust the opting out as the solution, you might be in trouble. Right. Absolutely. And there's, there's also a parent in Poway last year sat down with the principal in the school and went over the law that California stipulates. And the principal was not even aware of it. My, my. So... Parents go to see the principal, sit down, read them the law, help them to know what the limitations are and what they do and don't need to do. Yeah, but you, do, you don't have to go in by yourself if you have a, another parent that is experiencing the same that thing. That would be fantastic. A show of, a show of numbers, okay. Absolutely. But approach the principal in a nice way. That's their job. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, don't be going in with right. the banners and you know with the cameras and things like that. Go in, you know, it's better to uh, be soft-spoken first, but increase the volume as to the degree that people are not paying attention. That's right. So my Very listening good. friend, Gail, good. We, we're about ready to end this segment and begin with the other. We're gonna, we've talked about the incendiary uh, value of this, but also uh, the history of this 
uh, enemy, basically an enemy strategy and how it plays out uh, historically on a worldwide basis. We're going to get more specific in the U.S. education and, and hit home literally as well. So my listening friend, Gail, Levin, and Kaz will be right back. Do not. Awesome. <laughs> don't don't go away. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on AM 1210 K-Praise. Now back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on AM 1210 K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. And we are back. You know, with all this stuff going on against our Judeo-Christian values, the question really becomes, what do we get to do about it? What can we do about it? What what does the scripture say for us to do about it? We're going to be digging a little bit digging a little bit more in that question and and gail levin of salt and light council by the way salt and light org. see I, I i'm getting that gail good i know you had a few how do things. you spell council c-o-u-n-c-i-l all right anyway my friend i know we were teasing around a little bit but the the topic is vitally serious especially if you have have children in the school system because things are going on and gail you wanted to bring something to light before we dig further in well well think about this for acceptance is compliance silence is compliance silent well that's the big part right there silence is compliance that's yes, right yes 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 and acceptance is compliance wow 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 but right. yeah yeah exactly but silence is also acceptance which is compliance right now i wanted to take you somewhere yeah. okay this woman charlotte Iserbit. she she was uh she wrote a book the deliberate dumbing down of america yes and it's it's free on the web you can you can look at it it's really a big book. But she said, in 1971, when I returned to the United States, after living abroad for 18 years, I was shocked to find public education had become a warm, fuzzy, soft, mushy, touch-feeling experience with its purpose being socialization, not learning. Wow. Socialization meaning how to get along, basically. Socialization meaning that the schools are becoming therapists. They're becoming social workers. You see, they took God out. Yes. So there's no system there. Yeah. And every problem, I believe, gets back to that, that God's not in the system anymore. Yes. And whether it's CSE, Comprehensive Sexuality Education, or any other issue, the chaos that's happening, the, 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 the violence that's happening is because... What do you put in when you take God out? That's right. What do you put in? You, you know, th- this nation was founded on Judeo-Christian values. That's right. Among the, part of the Judeo-Christian values is allow freedom of religion. It's okay. You have a freedom to do that, but we're based on the Judeo-Christian precepts. And, mm-hmm. and the same thing happens in Israel. I mean, there are people from uh, the, the Palestinians and the uh, Muslim people that are in the, the Knesset uh, mm-hmm. as part of the governing structure, but you just have to know what's going on as the leader in, in the environment to allow different voices to be able to communicate them, but not to allow those different voices to take away your God-given and United States constitutional-given values. That's right. And ultimately, it's not a matter of even what curriculum to put in. It's a matter of, does it follow God? Say that again. That's excellent. It's not a matter of what curriculum you put in per That's se. Right. Yeah. It's a, it, the matter is, is it a Judeo-Christian? Is it following God? Is it following God? If and it follows God, God will bless it. That's if right. If it's not following God, then he his hands are off and we're on our own. Yes, yes, yes. And we've, we've, we've let, speaking of his hands are off, our hands have been off for far too long. Well, we are his hands. You know? <clears throat> oh, I and, like it. And, I knew where you... We are his hands. <laughs> way to go, Gail. And so how is that working for you, yeah, exactly. everybody? Yeah. 
taking our hands off. How is that working for well, us? Well, you know, we try to do that in humility in our Christian demure being. And, you know, sure. but the truth of the matter is, uh, and, and these are the times where this scripture takes effect. The, the kingdom of God suffers violence, mm-hmm. but the violent take it by force. There's, there, there's a time right now where we kids uh, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ need to take our, the system back because we've allowed it to go very, very far away. And we need to be vigilant in that. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate uh, Brooke and JJ here that they are actually at the ground level dealing with this. And where do you want to take this? We've well, got, I, I just want to say this maybe, is really hard. What they're doing. Yes, it because is. Because they're at the forefront. They're the tip of the spear. Yes. Okay? And unless parents and, and taxpayers, all of us, citizens, biblical citizens, churches, um, congregations, unless we start to pick this up as ours and take start ownership. to take responsibility yeah. over it, not only our own children, but the children in the congregations, et cetera, and, and, and even in neighboring School districts. Yeah, Unless but also we start, your next door neighbors as well. That's right. Unless we start to do that, these parents are standing all by themselves. How that's does right. that feel? JJ, thoughts? That's horrifying <laughs> to feel like we'd be standing by ourselves. <clears throat> but, you know, honestly, in, in the beginning, it does feel like a, a for me, I, don't, I can't speak for Brooke, but it felt like a David and Goliath situation because I uh-huh. was one of the first people on the scene this year. There was another group of parents on the scene last year, but I was one of the first ones this year. And I was like, where do you go? Who do you turn to? How do we get this thing started? Yes. And it was overwhelming. But I'll tell you what, as soon as that petition got going, we created some things to help people know who we were and what we stood for. Then people yeah, started getting on changed. board. Did Absolutely. you find support from parents in other school districts who were doing this also? Did, did, was there any teamwork? Because I see that as something that could Definitely. Really help. There's, a, I mean, at least a half a dozen um, in, uh, as far away as like Austin, Texas, yes. that are reaching out to us. Good. Brooke? Yeah, we we uh, JJ and I came up with some ideas. How do we search for these people? And she starts searching and searching for other parents. We couldn't just ex- uh, believe that we were the only That's two right. people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just she just people just started calling her and saying, "I'm so glad that you're out there. We've been fighting last year. We got burned out." Um, and so people were just afraid to go against the board. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that's how a movement starts, yeah. actually. It starts with one person saying, this happened. It doesn't, am I the only person in the world that had this happen? Mm. And then the Lord brings somebody else right. who says, you know, I know somebody in this other state or this other town or this other school district, and they're experiencing the same thing. Maybe you should talk to them. Yes. And then they start to get together, and the, the synergy grows. And, and you mentioned an interesting component that the world doesn't have. <clears throat> Scripture says, if my people who are called by my name uh, humble mm-hmm. themselves and That's they right. seek my face and they turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, and uh, I will heal their land. One of the things that we have is christian believers in the lord jesus christ we can make our plea to the lord and uh he can not only empower us singularly but he can put different people in our path and all of a sudden it's the voice of many waters many waters of different people speaking this one concerted voice and things can happen when we are of one voice don't you think gail yeah and and even even i i never thought that i would find myself in the position i am in so many issues and it took me totally out of what I thought was my destiny and put me into what God had planned for Ooh, me. Good. So that's something that right now, people listening to us, yes. you may be missing your destiny. Maybe you're supposed Ooh. to run a salt and light. Maybe you're supposed to get involved with the school board. Maybe you're supposed to run for the school board. That's it. 
Let the Lord search your heart. Yeah, because there are a lot of things that we can do by getting involved in the system, but not being the system. Isn't that right? Now, we, I want to each give each of you about 30 seconds to give uh, a, a closing comment or statement or an encouragement to the listeners here. And why don't we start with you, J.J. and Brooke, and then uh, Gail and I will close out the show right. because it's getting close to the end. Go ahead, right. J.J. Thank you. I just wanted to um, let people know that don't underestimate the power of prayer. That, that's a big deal to just like really take that to heart. And if you have something that's, um, that seems off to you, follow that. And see where it's going to take you and pray about it. And right. I know that I've met some incredible people on this journey and yeah. I've got some new friends and it's it's been absolutely incredible, actually, totally unexpected. Yeah. But um, I, it came out of prayer because the gal who was praying for me, she was praying that um, God would raise up a leader. And I keep saying, mm. that's not me. But then here I'm sitting on a radio show. <laughs> How this happened? But, but the truth but, of the matter is, I think, J.J., is God is more interested than you are to restoring his people. Absolutely. And so he just needs to be have willing people in, in key places to make the That's voice right. heard. It's all in the willingness. I, exactly. Brooke, thoughts? Uh, don't be afraid. I was afraid, and I just felt God pushing me towards this. And um, our pastor said uh, last Sunday, God doesn't put fear. That's right. He's not, so he's not there to put fear. He wants right. us to move forward yep. and just trust in God no matter what happens. Yeah. And the scripture says he will not give you anything beyond you are able to bear, but will within the temptation provide a way of escape Mm -hmm. that you may be able to bear it. So God gives each one of us a piece of the puzzle and the effectiveness effectiveness of the overall plan has to do with you being obedient in that little piece. Gail, quick thoughts? Yeah. If you're listening right now and and we just want you to know we love you, if there's something in your life that is struggling right now with anything that we've said, we want you to know that we love people. This is not against anybody. We want to protect children. Yes. We want to protect the next generations coming up. And if you have an issue, then speak to your pastor. Um, there's there's a lot of people there who, who will talk and sit down with you and help you drill it down. Yes, yes. Gail Levin, uh, thank you so much. And uh, your team member with Salt and Light Council dot or Dran Reese and many, many others involved in that. My listening friend, we're coming up to the end of this show, but we want to encourage you to do what God tells you to do to impact, you know, right where you live. Scripture says Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Ours is uh, San Diego, our home, uh, San Diego, uh, and San Diego County, and then the uttermost parts of the earth as well. So, Gail, what a wonderful time having you co-host with me, saltandlightcouncil.org. My listening friend, we'll be back next week with another remarkable show and you know what makes it remarkable god and y-o-u we'll be seeing you next week thanks for joining chaz taylor and his many friends including you for come together san diego Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on AM 1210 K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.